Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. We take it for granted. We take it for granted that we pass by certain things, the things that we don't have, or the, you know, you ever, I don't know if how many of you guys ever went to the doctor, and you guys did a checklist of the things, they ask you to, they give you this clipboard and check all the things that you have, and check all the things that you don't have, have you ever went down the list and said, I don't have that, thank you Lord, I don't have this, thank you, thank you I don't have this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have this. No. No. Thank you, Lord. No. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I may have had this one thing, but thank you, Lord. Now I don't have it anymore. It hits differently when you had it before or you never had it. And you look down the list of things that never, never even occurred in your life. The things that the Lord has protected you from, it hits differently when you can just go ahead and simple, a simple thank you, a simple thank you, Lord, is all it really takes. Thank you for bringing me out. Thank you for, thank you for not quitting on me. Thank you that I don't have this disease no more. Thank you for on my, on my deathbed, even in my deathbed when I didn't have no air, no oxygen. God, thank you for restoring and giving me my oxygen back. Thank you, th- thank you, thank you. It's the smallest things, family. It's the smallest thing. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. brought you out, songs hit different. When you've seen him make a way out of no way, the songs hit different. Oh, they hit different. I'm a witness that they hit different. Please hug somebody. Let them know that you love them. think that we have unbirthday pictures today and that's just I'm sure because people didn't send them in you don't go through Christmas and New Year's and all that without having something I know we even have some but it's just the season just tends to get busy and sometimes the last thing on your mind is to submit a picture for us to show here today but I'm sure we'll get back on track on that. It was raining this morning. I mean, like serious raining. And I I was up studying for your edification. But you know, God spoke something to me because 
shortly after the rain, it got bright. And it's like that in life sometimes. When my wife and I are, are taking a road trip, one of the things I share with her is, you know, sometimes you will pass by people and they've like stopped underneath the overpass or something like that. And this is going to be a Smith story, but it's not going to be on the thing. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Because I just want to share it. I, I always tell her, I said, you know, unless it's really bad, my mindset is that the storm is going to end. Even if instead of driving 70, I got to drive 45. At some point, the rain will get less. The sky will open up and I'll have blue sky. But one thing I know is if I just stay here, I'm going to get rained on. And we're not making progress. Same thing with life. Sometimes you can find yourself in the rain. And everything in you is saying stop. Find shelter. Stop. And sometimes you do if it's bad enough. Find a refuge. Find somebody that's going to put you under their wing and pat you up and, and, and make sure you don't crash and go in a ditch. But most of the time in life, the real success comes when you just continue to drive through the rain, even if a little slower than you had hoped. Amen? So that's what I thought about today when it was, when it was raining. Anyway, I think we're we good. First Sunday of 2024. 20, yeah. Yeah, I like that clip. When we start recording, I'm going to say that again. I like that. like, Yeah. We're good? Oh, man. She's ready today, boy. She ain't messing around. All right, family, let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted this time that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today that they can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this information, this message from this session and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. First Sunday of 2024. Oh, my God, I love that. The series that we're kicking off this year is infinitely more. There's a byline there that says it's time to climb. For us here, that definitely applies. However, for us here, if you have been I would say with us or following us for any period of time, you know that some two years ago now, we presented to you a vision. Understanding, yes, the church, the ministry as a whole has a vision, but a vision for us here coming out of what we call that pandemic era. Here it is, your first image. I'm gonna do that too. Let me, can I go to the first image first? This first image, you guys remember these vision categories? What I want you to know is that we began this in 2022, and we're going to continue it, guess what, in 2024. But go back now, let's do the Bible confession. Thank you so much for the reminder. Here we go. Let's go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God-breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We always want to say that confession before we dive into the word of God. Uh, your first image, though, 
Some two years ago, we gave vision categories. And those vision categories were these three. It was restore, re-engage, and rebuild. In 2022, we talked about all of those categories in general. Stepping into 2023, we gave three sessions specifically about restore. In a nutshell, we, we wanted to restore your confidence. Your confidence in God, that God is there, that God is not mismanaging your life no matter what it looks like. To restore your confidence in yourself, that you have value. You have worth. I don't care what somebody has called you. It's wrong. You have value. God values you. You should value yourself. And, of course, to restore others' confidence as well. After those three sessions in 23, we entered into over 20 sessions last year of the category re-engage. It went all the way until mid-March, mid-August, I believe, mid-August. What was that in a nutshell? Well, in spite of your fears or what you've been through, life is a gift from God. So re-engage. No matter what has happened to you, re-engage. No matter how hard, it, how hard they hit you, re-engage. No matter how many times you done fell down, get up and re-engage. Re-engage life, and when you re-engage it, know that Jesus Christ in you is going to empower you all the way. Then we seemingly, if that's a word, seemingly, thank you all the educators in the room, Nice young lady here to my left. We seemingly paused and began to talk about, it was a sub-series, but I'm going to call it a series called The Door. What was that about? Look at this image. The door really had three overarching messages. We can call them main messages. Starting directly in the center of that image, Jesus says, I am the door. The door to what? The door to God. The door to the kingdom. The door to right living. The door to the good life. I am the door. And in John 4, he clarifies that even more. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to God except through me. That was the first message. The next message is in Matthew 28, he says, you know what? I'm giving you a commission. We broke that down, C-O-Commission, meaning it's something that we're doing together with Christ. And that commission is for you to help usher others to me, and I will usher them to God. So you are the door to the door. The final message there is that, you know what? Your door is very effective, no matter where you are, but it's more effective in the place God wants you to be. And God can send your door to two generic locations, a familiar place, and an unfamiliar place. At first glance, it would be easy for someone to see or to think based on what they see that we paused and we stopped talking about our vision in mid-August. That when we started talking about the door, it was something that your pastor just kind of slid in there to fill the gap until we get to 2024. That would be incorrect. That assumption would not be right. The door is not just something that was slid in because we didn't have anything else to say. The door 
that message, that message was a primer or a bridge to the rebuild category. Observe this. Loved ones, once you have accepted, you have received the thought, the idea that I have been given a commission and that God intends to send my door to a place, whether familiar or unfamiliar, you become immensely aware that God's expectation is not to rebuild you for you to do nothing. God's plan is not to rebuild you so you can be inactive. His plan is to rebuild you so you will be active. His plan is not to rebuild you so you can be sedentary. His plan is to rebuild you so you can be active. He is rebuilding you for a reason. His hope is that when you are rebuilt, the rebuilt, that's you, will become a builder. God expects the rebuilt to be a builder. A builder of men or rebuilder of men if they're broken. A builder or rebuilder of women. A builder or rebuilder of youth. A builder or rebuilder of marriages. A builder or rebuilder of families. A builder or rebuilder of Christian disciples. A builder or rebuilder of people. A builder or rebuilder that ushers others into the kingdom. And when you're ushering people into the kingdom, you also are helping distribute hope. You are helping find the lost. You are helping mend the brokenhearted. You are helping to set the captives free. Once you are rebuilt, you are rebuilt to do. You're rebuilt to take what God has done for you and then put it in motion for the kingdom. That is your thank you. You are rebuilt to do. It's very akin to what Jesus told Peter during what we call the Last Supper. What did he tell Peter? Simon, Simon. Notice. Because we didn't take a pause from rebuild. We've been just priming for rebuild even though we called it the door. Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 32, in all of these translations, the King James, the message, Amplify Classic, voice, and easy to read in that order. Jesus is talking, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Simon, I pray for you in particular that you not give in or give out. When you have come through the time of testing, turn to your companions and give them a fresh start. But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your own faith may not fail. And when you yourself have turned again, strengthen and establish your brother. But I have prayed for you. 
I have prayed that your faith will hold firm and that you will recover from your failure and become a source of strength for your brothers here. I have prayed that you will not lose your faith. Help your brothers be stronger when you come back to me. Peter, I'm praying for all y'all, but I'm praying for you in particular. And I'm praying, Peter, that you do get better out of this situation. That you come through this situation all right. But Peter, it is not acceptable for you to get better and be okay with your brothers not being better as well. Each one of these gives a different flavor, but the same message. Starting from the King James down, Peter, you're going to go through some stuff. And you're going to get converted. But when you get converted, don't you stop there. You turn back around with your converted self, with your rebuilt self, and you strengthen your brothers. You're going to go through a time of testing, and you're going to get through it, Peter. But once you get through your testing, don't you stop there. You turn to your companions, and just like you've gotten a fresh start, give them a fresh start. Peter, you're going to fail. But when you turn again, when you gain your strength, when you get established, you know what you must do? Turn around and establish and strengthen your brethren. Peter, you're going to fail. And you're going to feel bad about it. But after you've recovered from your failure, after you've skinned your knees and healed, after you've fallen down and gotten up, after you've lost it all but gained it again, it's not good enough for you to just sit on your good fortune, to sit on the fact that you are now brought back to life, so to speak. You need to turn around and be a source of strength for your brothers and help them recover from their failure. Peter, you're going you to sway. You're going to dip to the left a little. But eventually, you're going to come back to me. But just because you come back to me, your job isn't done. It is not acceptable for you to come back to me and not then turn back around and strengthen your brothers so that they too can come back to me. Peter, it's not okay if you be better alone. Once you are better, once you are rebuilt, rebuilt, Peter, turn around and rebuild other people. It's the same message to us. It is unacceptable for us to have God turn our life around and for us to cross our hands, sit, our, sit down and put our legs up and just say, good for me. That is unacceptable. Notice, say something with me. Say this. Say, it is unacceptable for me to be healed and leave others sick family, that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable for you to be healed in your body and leave others sick in their body. For you to be healed in your mind and leave others sick in their mind. For you to be healed in your emotions and let others remain sick in their emotions. You shouldn't be healed in your spirit and let others remain sick in your spirit. 
However I've said that, the bottom line is you shouldn't be healed and be comfortable with others sick. So now we're going to make that personal. Say, I should not be healed and be comfortable leaving others sick. I should not be found and be comfortable leaving others lost. I should not be forgiven and be comfortable leaving others in jeopardy. I should not prosper, yet be comfortable leaving others poor. I should not become strong and be comfortable leaving others weak. I should not become whole and be comfortable leaving others fractured. I should not be rebuilt and be okay with leaving others broken. Family, you are rebuilt to do. You are rebuilt to do. You are rebuilt. When God puts your door in place, that door is, that door is supposed to do some work. It is unacceptable for you to find yourself, and this is just a short list, but healed, found, forgiven, prosper, strong, whole, rebuilt, and look at your brethren and see they're sick and be like, that's cool. That's on them. They need to get there like I got mine. Freely you've been given. Freely give. Freely you receive. How, how, how I go? Freely you've been given. No, freely you've received. Freely given. Why am I going to charge you to dispense what God has given to me for you after God has freely healed me? What, what do I lose? What do I lose by helping you dry your eyes now that I'm not crying anymore? If anything, I gain someone. Give and you shall be given. That's not just for finances. Give love, get love. Give compassion, get compassion. Give help, get help. Give and it shall. What do you want? Give it. I should not look at you sick, lost, in jeopardy, poor, weak, fractured, and broken and be able to sleep well at night. Your needs should stir me. My needs stir God. And when he brings me out, once I've come through my time of testing, once I've recovered from my failure, how does it, how does it say uh, in Romans, uh, the, 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 your reasonable service. My reasonable service is to do unto my brethren as God has done unto me. The door. We were smack dab into rebuild. We just didn't call it. It was a primer. A lead in. We also said things like this. We know that there is an item or items for most of us, many of us, most of us, if not all of us. Let's just say it more kind of like straight street talk. Got mess in our life that we're not happy about. Now, kind of said more pretty, many of us, probably all of us, have items or an item in our life that we feel as though when we look at it, it disqualifies us from God ever using us to do anything. 
we look at X or Y or Z, and we say to ourselves, there is no way I can be of any use to God with this stain in my life. But God has a way. Go back to the next one. Family, God has a way of working wonders with your stains. God has a way of taking what you think is a disqualifier and making it your main qualifier. God has a way of dropping the dis from your qualifier. He has a knack for it. He has a knack for taking all of your hurts, all of your pains, all of your issues, and using them as, what did we say? Prime building material. To make you a special kind of door, a unique kind of door, a door with power, a door that, get this, the enemy might have not have even seen coming. We have a host of things that we feel may disqualify us. Here they are. Not nothing new to you. But when you think of these things, we're calling them the holes in your door, but it's anything that marred you. Holes, scratches, scrapes, dents, pits. Things that give your door texture. And when you look at all the potential things, and this is just a small smattering of what could be in your life, some we might be able to, to see or know, others you might hide deep down inside because you don't want nobody to know. But God. And all of these things that God uses in your life to make your door what it needs to be, none of them were welcomed. None of them. Nobody welcomes hurt. Nobody that I know of. Nobody that I know. None of my associates, none of my network, none of the people, even people that I just met first time. I've never met a person that say they wake up in the middle of the day and the sun is shining as bright, they throw open the shades and the, pull up the blinds and say, thank you, Lord, I'm going to get hurt today. <laughs> it's never welcome. They never smile. And look at, out of, at a bright day coming up and say, yes, I'm going to be hurt today. I'm going to be mistreated today. I'm going to be heartbroken today. I'm going to be cheated on today. I'm going to get an addiction today. I'm going to go to prison today. I'm going to get some pain today. I'm going to make errors today. I'm going to make mistakes today. I'm going to get raped today. I'm going to get a car accident today. Nobody says that. They're all unwelcome. But that hurt even unwelcome as it may be, once it get into God's hands, God can take that hurt and weave that hurt into your door and rebuild you into something better. He'll take that pain, even though unwelcome, and weave that pain into the fabric of your life and make you stronger, make you more useful, make you more diligent, give you more resolve. He will take your mistakes and your errors and all of those things that you thought disqualified you and give your door character. Your pain gives your door a voice. All of your imperfections, all of, all of your errors and mistakes, 
all the things that folk did to you. That gives your door a testimony, and that testimony gets people to listen to you and walk through your door, which gets them before the door, which gets them to God. As a door to the door, realize that you are rebuilt to do. Knowing that none of this is welcome. Knowing that, and we can never say it enough, we never, ever, ever, never, ever make light of a person's hurt, pain, Misfortune, listen, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if you've ever been through something, or if you're going through, when you hear somebody make light of it, it make you want to lose your religion. Depending on how far you are from the old man or the old woman, they may get some choice words that the best comedians of our day use very well. Hey, de de depending on how you are at the moment, if somebody makes light of your pain, may determine whether or not you want to even spend time with them anymore. Amen. And now that's very important for us being the door to the door. If you don't have compassion, if you don't have empathy, you may only get one shot at somebody's heart. That is, that is, that is why I am so careful with my words. Everybody I talk to, especially someone I meet for the first time, I always say to myself, I might have one shot at their heart. Just one. Yeah, you can always, you can always throw out that I'm sorry, but like I told my children, I'm sorry is not a cure-all. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry is not just something that it make it all better. That's not pixie dust. I'm sorry it's not a cure-all. But I learned that I may only get one shot at somebody's heart. Let me tell you when I learned that. I learned that as a much younger dad. I was, me and Greta was on our baby number three. Three children. And my my personality was, it was abrasive, but in a kind way. <laughs> let me, well, let me, let me explain. <laughs> because everybody looking at me like, oh, you trying to, you trying to pull something over on me. Was you nasty or what? No. The mindset was, I'm going to, if you ask me, I'm going to tell you what, what you think, what I think. Don't, don't ask me about your clothes if you don't want to know. I'm going to tell you. But now here is the problem, though. I, I was a hypocrite. Because I dialed that up at home times 10. If I'm talking to you at work or my friend or I'm on the street, I, I had enough desire to say it in a manner to where it comes across smooth, right? But when I'm talking to Greta or my kids in the house, it's just that I did the way it is how dad think about it. He's going to cry. I don't care. Just, it's, it's just how it was. Yes, it was. Was. 
was. Let me tell you, this is, this, this is when it really, really stuck to me. Because I can even tell you another time before we even had children, me and Greta living in apartments up by the university. And just was always had something, I always had something to say. And we just had this moment where she just was, she was tired, I was tired. She was, she was crying, I'm all puffed up, because I didn't, I didn't start spewing stuff out of my mouth, right? She came to me and she says, I might not get your phraseology right, you might not even remember, but I remember, because it's stuck in my head. She says to me, do you still want to be married or not? Do you still want to be with me or not? Do you we still want to do this or not? And now in my heart, I knew the answer was yes. But in my manhood, <laughs> I, want, I wanted to say something else. But thankfully, I kept my mouth shut. And I just received it and pondered it and thought about it. But now here's more with my kids. That's, that was that's the first one. But when I had children, Eric is our youngest. And my thing is, I always tell Greta, I said, listen, the reason they don't ask their daddy twice, because they know my yes is yes, and my no is no. And I always backs up my response. It ain't never, you go to sleep if you want to. I'm going to get you up if it was something, it could be three in the morning, wake you little till up, we finna talk about this. But Eric's little, and he's playing in our, what, what people call the family room, right? And I go to hug him, and he rolls up in a ball and puts his hands over his face like somebody's attacking him. He cowers. And that just stuck out to me. And so I just went and kneeled and sat down with him. Kind of like distance from here, I mean like three feet. And I just held my arms out and said, come here, buddy. And I just stayed there until he came. <laughs> that stuck with me. that every action, every word, it's not just going in the ear, it's going to the heart. And once a person feels as if you're going to injure the heart, you only get so far. So family, all these unwelcome holds is never something that we make light of. If any of this is your reality, I want to tell you personally, my heart goes out to you. And my prayer is that God rebuilds and makes you whole. In all of these holes, though, that we could consider disqualifiers or things that just scarred or stained our life. I want to declare a life declaration over all that you've been through. And that declaration is this. I declare that in spite of all that you've been through, God it's going to work it out for good. It's, it's just what Joseph spoke to his brothers in Genesis 50. Look at this. This is how it reads in the voice. Genesis 50, verse 20. Even though you intended to harm me, God intended it only for good. 
So family, when you, when you think back on all of the things that help give your door character, give your door a voice, give your door power, for all the people who did you wrong, for all the people that tried to trip you up, for all your haters or, or wannabe slayers, for all the times that you made an error, for all the times that you made a mistake, for all the times the devil came at you, for all the time he tried to trip you up and put snares in your path and try to get stumbling blocks in your way, for all of those things, our declaration is that God is going to work all of that out for good. He's going to use it in your building material when he's rebuilding you to make you the door that gets others into the kingdom. And there's a New Testament counterpart to this. You know it very well. Paul said that all things work together for the good. Notice this in the voice. Verse 28. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work toward something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. When you make the decision that you love God and you accept his plan, which includes the commission, God is able to work all things out for the good. You mean to tell me he can take my stain and make something good? Yes. Can he take something as ugly as I perceive it and make it beautiful? Yes. How does that work? We just had someone talk about the passion of the Christ during praise and worship. That scene, there is nothing beautiful about it, yet it's beautiful. Because of what the end result of what he went through produced for us. How precious is his pain in our, in our sight? How precious is his blood in our sight? How precious are the stripes on his body in our sight? How precious is the piercing in his side for our sight, for, in our sight? Our declaration is that God works that all out for the good when he's rebuilding you. In Genesis 50, though, that part in the beginning that Joseph said God works it all out for good, a lot of times we stop there. But what we want to do is we want to use it totally because it guides us into rebuild. It gives us purpose. Notice this. Let's read it from the beginning now. Genesis 50. Here we go. Same version, translation, voice, chapter, verse 20. Even though you intended to harm me, God intended it only for good. Right there is what we read before. Now let's take it from the top again. Even though you intended to harm me, God intended it only for good and through me. Hold up now. That sounds like a gateway. That sounds like an opening. Dare I say it, it sounds like a door. Joseph is saying that through the door, call me, God is going to do something. God took everything that you intended to harm me, rebuilt me, and through the rebuilt door called me, he has preserved the lives of countless people. God rebuilt me to do. God took my pain and my suffering and my mishaps and he created in me a door. And then through me, he preserved the lives of countless people and is still doing today. 
still doing today. Even that part I like. Because no matter how it's written grammatically, we could take that to mean, oh, I'm going to take it to mean, through the door God rebuilt me to be, he not only has preserved lives in the past, he is still using me to preserve lives today. But remember, God doesn't care more about his mission than the individual. So even though God rebuilt me one time, come on, somebody. God is still able, if something happens to my door, if my hinges get a little loose, if my doorknob gets waggly, wig, waggly? Wiggly. If my doorknob gets wiggly, God is not past rebuilding or repairing he or she who he has rebuilt to do. God is all-encompassing. So not only are you rebuilt to do, to be the door that guides people or leads people to Christ, the door, even in your doing, God keeps his eye on you. He never loses sight of you. Just like Joseph was a door rebuilt to do, same. You and I, door rebuilt to do. So as you can see, we didn't pause the vision. We just introduced a little primer, a bridge, to make sure that once we get on the other side of being rebuilt, we know what to do. Say this with me. I am being rebuilt by God. And once rebuilt, I know I am built to do. Amen. Family, we're going to pick up there next time. Give God some praise. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.